52 episodes, 52 ordinary people, 52 real stories about things that affect overall health. Because there is a lot more that goes into being healthy than food and fitness. Inspiration, support, a new perspective, and knowledge. You'll find that and more here on the HealthAbility Project. Hi, welcome to the HealthAbility Project. I'm Robin McKenna. Remember when you were first out of school and making all sorts of plans for your future? You thought about what type of job you would have, where you would live, the vacations and other fun things you would do. You also likely thought about who you would meet and marry and how many children you would have. Naturally, when we are young, we have certain expectations for our futures. When our expectations are completely or utterly dashed, the effect on health and well-being can be very real. Tremendous disappointment can stop you in your tracks. Self-doubt and maybe even unhealthy behaviors can creep in. Maybe you'll sit with denial for a long time or just be lost for a little while. Here to share her story about how her DASH plans for her future affected her overall health and well-being is Natalie Patton. Natalie is a certified clinical advanced hypnotherapist currently in private practice in the UK. While her journey with hypnotherapy began on a personal level in 1997, it was while living in Asia in the early 2000s that Natalie decided to study hypnotherapy. In 2002, she studied at the Hypnotherapy Training Institute in Northern California, where she completed the study of advanced hypnotherapy and was awarded a diploma as Master Hypnotist. Returning to Asia, she joined the practice of Dr. Sue Jameson Integrative Medical Practice in Hong Kong. After that brief but successful practice, she moved to Singapore, where she established her own private practice. She returned to the UK in 2006 and since then has continued to see private clients. Natalie found hypnotherapy was amazing for clearing emotional blocks and helping to live a better life. It is this firsthand experience that led her to pursuing a career as a hypnotherapist to help others improve their health and well-being. The clients she works with at present include children with self-esteem and confidence issues, and individuals unraveling depression, smoking cessation, weight loss, stress management, relationship issues, and many more. She has also completed advanced studies with the Atkinson Ball College of Hypnotherapy in the UK and is a certified holistic health coach. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. So tell us your story what what happened, what your expectations and your dreams were, and how hypnotherapy figures into all of this. When I was uh, 22, I was living at home with my parents and I went out shopping one day. I was for my 22nd birthday. And when I came back, there was an ambulance there and my mother had had a stroke, quite a major stroke and nearly died. She did survive it, um, but it did affect her sort of mental capacity and her speech and things. So it took a little bit of a while to get back on her feet again. 
the following year, we did, my father and I and the family all coped with that as best we could. But it was challenging and quite difficult and sad. And, and then the following year, unfortunately, um, I was still, you know, I had wonderful friends. I had a nice job. I had lots of lovely, positive things in my life. And as I'm merrily going along my life, it turned out they found a tumour in my womb. And what happened was I had treatment. I had it removed. It turned out to be a fibroid, but because I was so young, it was very unusual. And then when they removed it, they found I was I had chronic endometriosis. So that's why I'd been so ill every month for a couple of years. Uh, following this treatment, I then had to go on some medical treatment that they give to cancer patients. So it's quite um, strong treatment to get my head around. It also induced, induced symptoms of the menopause. Uh, so it was very challenging for a 23, 24-year-old. And then what happened was after two of these injections, my mum died. And I'm the youngest of five children brought up in an Irish Catholic family. And so your mother is kind of the centre of the world in those families. So it was excruciating. It was such a difficult time in my life. And what happened was for those few years, I was completely lost and bereft. I worked. It was challenging. I struggled each day to come home and deal with the grief being a young person and also not knowing where I fitted or how life carries on really without you know your mum being so important. And in addition to that you were also facing the reality of your own medical condition and what how that was going to affect you and your plans. Absolutely. I mean, at the time they removed the tumour, they also said, if you want to have children, you've got sort of three months, three to six months. So initially, at the at that stage, everybody I looked at, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, should I be thinking of them as, you know, <laughs> potential father to some children here? Uh, after about um, a couple of weeks, I sorted myself out there and got my head straight and thought, don't. Do not think about this constantly. It's, you know, you just got to go with it. If it happens, it happens. So I was able to put that into perspective fairly quickly. I carried on my job. I worked hard. I did a degree. I climbed the career ladder. and But I still wasn't happy. There were still gaps in my happiness. There was I was still unfulfilled in many ways. I still didn't even really know who I was. There'd been so many changes in my life sort of from say, 22 to 27, 28, that I needed some help. And that's when I got into hypnotherapy. My friend's mother owned uh, a healthcare centre and the only therapist available was a hypnotherapist. And at that time, I just needed to see someone. I didn't care who it was. And amazingly for me, this treatment really helped me. It's different to counselling because you're not sitting there talking about it every which way. You do do some talking, but equally then you deal with some of the issues and there's some amazing techniques that can be used to deal with some of the anger, the hurt, the frustration, the old beliefs that we've picked up that we were growing up or beliefs that we had when, you know, perhaps a teacher gave it to you or something where they've looked at you sideways or sort of implied that you don't know anything or you're a bit stupid or... Um, I remember sort of being at school and someone shouted at me and I was quite taken aback. And she said, oh, you're a good person to shout at, you know. And again, you know, when you go into therapy or you deal with this stuff, you know, you're undoing some of the beliefs that you've been given or the understandings that you've picked up about things. So, so it was a really 
good thing for me. And so you you moved to Asia, you were living in Asia for a little while. What was the turning point that made you think about pursuing hypnotherapy as a potential career or even just wanting to study it more? Well, I think the thing is, I was it made such a drastic change in my life. Um, I had more confidence. I had greater understanding of myself. I opened myself up to love. All sorts of different things had changed for me. I just had sort of more understanding in myself. And so within two years, I was living in Hong Kong, which would not have happened previously. I was, I was, you know, doing all the right things, going to work, and but just about hanging on, really. Showing up, uh, really. Yeah, I was showing up, but I, you know, I was emotionally disconnected, all sorts of different things, really, that I probably wasn't functioning that well on many levels. Um, And so I was teaching English in Hong Kong, and I decided that in the end, my partner said to me, my husband at the time said, can you stop getting teaching jobs? You clearly don't want to work in a school. And I didn't, (laughs) you know, but sometimes someone else sees that for you. So I did freelance teaching, which was fun. It was enjoyable and brought out different skills in myself. But um, yeah, I didn't want to be trapped in a school. That's one thing I worked out. And then I decided to just I researched and decided I wanted to go away and study this thing that had helped me so much and that I could, you know, really develop these skills. And I knew I was on to something when I was studying every night in the hotel where I stayed. I had books and books and I was reading and reading and I just loved it because actually it's so natural. It's our mind. It comes from within. You're learning all the time. And one of the funny things is that when I was away studying, I remember phoning my husband at the time saying, that's it. I don't want to do this anymore. This is it. This is enough. And he said, but what's wrong? Yesterday you loved it. And I said, listen, I've got issues and I I want to keep them now. (laughs) So, (laughs) So you're already working through things. But, you know, it's been a real journey. And as I say, when I came back to Hong Kong, I set up in practice at the Sue Jameson. She was a GP, but she was very open and had all different therapists already working there at that time. So I met some amazing clients that I worked with. The main other thing that was when I came back to the UK, I set up again about eight years ago. When I initially came back to the UK, I did some other work that um, I'm involved in. But since I've been seeing clients in the UK, I mean, it's just, it's been astonishing for me, really. I learn almost from every client. It's interesting what shows up as well that is very self-reflective almost, something that you might need to sort of work on. Boundaries. There might be boundaries or something that you need to work on and somebody will present with a big issue of where their boundaries are being all walked over. Um, I do a lot of work on self-care, self-esteem, confidence, the number of children that I've seen with lack of confidence or to do with bullying, building resilience, building that inner strength within them is so powerful and it's so interesting and incredibly rewarding. That's the thing. Do you see any common themes with these children as to what the source of those issues may be? And I just can't help but think about the unbelievable amount of screen time all of us have been consuming over the past many years and our 
lessening ability to interact with other humans because we're always on the screen. Do you, do you feel like that plays a part? I've seen young people who are stuck in the room who don't go to college, don't function, really struggle to communicate with people, lack of confidence, a lot of fear. And their world is on their gaming system, mm. talking to people through headphones and a microphone. And then I see a lot of, I think part of the problem here is that we're available 24-7. Years ago, when I was growing up, and many people listening to this might remember this, that, you know, you were lucky if you had a telephone in your house. Uh, we, as I say, I was one of five. My parents refused to have a telephone for that reason, because there were so many of us. And they didn't want, to, didn't want huge bills. But yeah, we're available 24-7. So if you're not having a great time at school, that is in your face. That is, you know, it's at the other end of your phone or in a WhatsApp group or it's on Instagram or it's something. I mean, I've dealt with all different types of issues relating to sort of social media, people stealing phones, mm. you know, just being awful and unkind to people, really awful and unkind. And there's loads of self-esteem issues and it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, nobody is excluded from this. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing. Friendship groups, you know, we're all communicating 24-7, really. And and I just don't know how healthy that is, really. You used to go home, you'd retreat, you'd wave goodbye to your friends in the street, and that was it for the day. You didn't see them until you were out again, either playing the next day, or if you were going out with your family, you didn't see them that day. So that was that. You're, there was a line drawn. Now everybody's so accessible and if you're having a terrible time that's exacerbated that's magnified right, there's, no um, break. there's no break that's right and it has a massive impact on self-esteem massive so but equally you know I see lots of young people not just um going through to teens also early 20s and things people that go off to university or don't have a great time at university, that sort of thing. I think in the movies, what we see is everybody waving their kids off, packing the trunk of the car. Everybody's going off to uni, having a great time. The reality is it's a massive change for people. Often you don't feel like you can fit in. You may have, so, you know, all of a sudden you get some social anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, you're really out of your comfort zone. And all we have is this great picture of everybody saying, oh, yes, my child's going to this university, that university. But there's loads of issues surrounding that for many of these young people. Yeah, I, I totally see that. Have you had any of your clients that have finished counseling with you come back to you and say, wow, what a great, what a great treatment that was. This is what I'm doing with my life now or any feedback? Yeah. There's, and how um, does that make you feel? Oh God, it's so humbling. Often I forget to ask people to write reviews for me. What is lovely is how many people refer me on. And that's how I know that actually I'm doing an okay or great job or whatever you want to describe it as or providing some help and assistance to some people. But what people have generally said is that you will definitely feel better after coming to see me, that I have unlocked things that have held them back for years, things that they may never have spoken about with anybody else mm. because of shame, fear, guilt, 
upset, humiliation, all sorts of things. And, you know, in general terms, our parents have all done a great job. You know, generally speaking, they've done their best. And that doesn't mean that we don't come out unscathed. Uh, (laughs) As they, you know, as they say, they do the best. We all do our best in the moment we're in it. Absolutely. So I always do a lot of work with um, with good grace to deal with some of the issues that come up and, you know, let some of the issues go with love, but we still have to deal with the issues um, because it's really important to free up some of these old mindsets, to unlearn some of the, the patterns of behaviour that we've we've either observed or we've been taught I was brought up, as I said, in, you know, this traditional Irish family, really, where I was very subservient. I was, this was when I was younger and didn't have a voice, you know, very polite, very traditional. You know, I was expected to behave in a certain way. And it wasn't until I was older, I realised, like, oh, my God, you know, what was that about? You know, I was really preconditioned. Old school, old school. Uh, Yeah. But, you know, and that that happens with loads of cultures. You know, we are brought up in that. And, you know, our parents are doing their best to guide and model model things to us. But sometimes we have to undo some of the learning or the patterning Mm -hmm. and and reframe that. It's interesting. You said earlier that you that you found your voice uh, maybe as an older young adult. Um, But it also seems that hypnotherapy helped you find a voice to just give yourself strength to go out and reach for what you wanted to reach for. And now you're helping other people find their voice by helping them to unlock whatever their barriers are. That must be an amazing feeling. It is. It's it's really amazing. I mean, to see people, I mean, like sometimes I wish I, it sounds awful, but sometimes I always say to them, I wish I could video that first day when you came in, you know, and because you know, and we all start at the same place. I reassure them I started at the same place too, you know, where we're a bit lost. We could be bereft. We haven't, you know, we don't know where we're going. We don't know who we are. We're somewhere things aren't working for us and we're disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you see them rise, when you see their confidence rise, when you see them start to get self-worth, when they start to value themselves and they see themselves through different perspectives where you've reframed things, mm-hmm. it's really important to get that different perspective. Mm-hmm. And the beauty about coming to see somebody neutral is that you it's you can say whatever mm-hmm. when we talk to family and friends and relatives or perhaps a partner we edit because we don't want them to worry about us we don't want them to hurt we don't want them to be fearful mm-hmm. that we are feeling so low whereas actually when you come for therapy and it's you're able to say whatever it is that's on your mind you almost download and then we can start the work and hypnotherapy is a really gentle way of doing it you go into we all use hypnosis um whether people like to think it or not if you're doing the gardening and you lose a few hours if you're reading a book and lose yourself in that or even when you drive and you can't remember the journey home that's when you're using your subconscious mind and so we all use it naturally And it's a wonderful way of tapping in. Once we do, I use particularly a guided meditation generally. And and then it's what you do in that state. When people are in a relaxed state, they don't lose consciousness. They are able to answer 
But what we're trying to do is suspend that conscious mind, the one that says, I've got to do the shopping, I've got to do this, I've got to get dressed, I've got to pick up the kids, pick up the laundry, whatever. We're the trying to be putting limits on yeah. what they're feeling or want to say. That's right. The, the, the conscious mind is that I always imagine it as the front part that's the, the thinking part. We want to get to the subconscious, which deals with the emotions, the feelings. It's also when you hear a song and it takes you back to 19 whatever and it induces those happy feelings that's your subconscious working for you it's when you see it might be a holiday destination that you went to and you see oh my god yes and it all comes flooding back all those wonderful things they're all stored in there still but we just don't have them at the front of our mind all of the time because we couldn't Mm-hmm. So we use techniques when you're in a relaxed state to just, we call it loosening the soil as well. So we start to sort of just start to work on some of the issues. Wow. This has been an extraordinary conversation, Natalie. Thank you so much for your time. This is such an eye opener, so inspirational, so informative, really. I think many of us are familiar with therapy, but maybe less so with hypnotherapy. So this is mm-hmm. This is really great. Uh, Listeners, if you like today's episode, please like us, share us, tell your friends about us. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at thehealthabilityproject at gmail.com. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today at The Health Ability Project. We'd love to hear from you, so please email us your questions, comments, or suggestions, including future guests, to the Healthability Project at gmail.com. And please like us, subscribe, and share us with your friends. <laughs>